Hey everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog. All right, people, welcome to another episode of the Squad Pod. I'm your host, Troy Dog, the CEO of Vermoto.com. And uh, today, I'm bringing on a co-host again. And I have a uh, 2024 Troy Dog Squad Elite Athlete joining me today. It's uh, Partzilla PRMX's Hunter Yoder. What's up, yo dog? How are we, Troy Dog? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invite to this. I uh, I don't get to be a co-host of many things, so the fact that you asked me to do this, it's an honor and a privilege, and uh, I'm ready to get into it. Man, you're always giving me that that like honor. You're like, man, it's just so cool to be on this. Like, man, it's cool that you want to be on this. You know? Yeah, of course I want to be on it. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You're always the first media guy that's right there you know so between between you and my boys at uh swap moto because they've been there since pretty much like day one you guys always are uh on top of it well now it's even more special because you know we added on you on for uh world supercross but now you're a full-time team member for 2024 you know yeah so, I was pumped to earn my spot for 2024. Yeah, this uh, this is. I the, got a summer gig, which was nice, but uh, we we had some negotiations and uh, we figured something out for 24. So pretty pumped on that. Yes, yeah, it's one of the perks. So get to come on the pod a lot, and it's something new for me as well. You know, yeah, Just to, uh, get on the podcast and talk. I I don't do that too often, so. It's far and few between, but it brushes up my media skills as well. It adds something into the rotation that I don't get in the uh, the weekly grind. That is true. And, I, I mean, the Vermoto Podcast Network is fairly new. Um, and actually, just last week, me, the Squad Pod, we broke the record for the most listened to pod on the entire network of all time. How many, how many views? Like a billion? A billion and, yeah, a billion three hundred or something like that. I don't even know if that's an actual number, but. No, I think it is. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm being that's serious, a... though. We broke the record and, uh, yeah, billion and three hundred. Billion and three hundred, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, so I'm hoping to break it this week with a billion and four hundred. Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah. Just keep keep going every a little bit every time. But man, look, we got the Vanilla Racing broadcast. That's got Wes. It's got Chase Stallo, and then we have Winners Take Y'all with Kevin Kelly. I mean, these are some heavy hitters, and I just like came in and, and took over the top spot. A stiff competition, but in your rookie season, it, you, you had him covered. Yeah, this is like episode twenty three or something. So I'm like, I'm a rook. Yeah, you haven't. You're about to do a full a full season. <laughs> I am. You Kevin, haven't yet. Kevin Kelly's like a hero to me, and he's been at this for like what thirty years. He's like the Kevin Wyndham of podcasts. Yeah, just doing transfers. Like, yeah, he's yeah. been out there forever. Absolutely, transfers in the dark, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool for me. So, um, let's try to just beat it this week, and then you can hold that that title. Yeah, at least for a couple of days. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, a couple of days. I have a title of some sort at least this year, so that would be good. <laughs> Yeah, big things coming 24, so 
Yeah. Um, you just got back from Abu Dhabi? Yeah. On I a did. 16 I just hours... got back maybe two days ago. 16 hour flight? Um, so that, that was rough. How was Abu Dhabi, though, in World Supercross? Um, Abu Dhabi as a country is pretty, pretty cool, actually. Like, I think they're going very hard towards the sports and action sports um like take on their i don't know how big their country is necessarily but like everywhere you go it's like some sort of sport of something you know they had the in the arena a couple weeks ago that we raced in um they had I want to say it was a UFC fight. Um, and then they have the F1 track that's right there. We stayed in our hotel. It was right on a golf course that was some sort of um, European golf tour venue. Um, and I think they just love sports over there. Like, I was scrolling through the channels one night in my hotel, and this is not a joke whatsoever. They, they race camels there. Like, it's the craziest thing ever, and I never thought I would say that, but it it blew all of our minds. Like, they had this little machine on the back of them that they strap to the camel, and it's basically, it must be on a battery, and it basically just, like, it would be like a, a jockey for a camel, but there's no, no human on it. It just goes around and, like, whips them. And then the guys drive in, like, Toyota, like, RAV4s next to the track, and they're just yelling at their camel. And it's, honestly, it's wild. Like, it's it was a whole a whole new environment for me. I'm just trying to I picture this in my mind. Like I'm just trying to picture it in my mind. Like, I don't even... Yeah. When, you, when we get off of here, yeah. and for everyone listening, go on YouTube and look up camel racing. I'm sure you'll find it. It's it's definitely something you should watch at least once. Hey, you blew my mind with that. I didn't even think about that. Um, I heard somebody say too that maybe they race falcons, Fal- which I I'm not going to confirm or deny because I don't know for sure. But it wouldn't surprise me after I saw the camels racing. Yeah, you, you know you kind of. I need to look this up. I, I can't even believe that like this is happening, but. That's groundbreaking. Like that's they're they might be onto something. Yeah, no. We just need to import some camels to America. Yeah. And I think it would take the the horse world by storm. Was it exciting? It was. I mean, when you see something new like that, it's hard not to be excited, you know? True. You don't even have to know what's going on, but when something like that gets brought into your world that you never thought would be real you can it's hard not to like it yeah i mean i'm on board um maybe we can get some like halftime show for supercross instead of like yeah uh, that'd be sweet yeah imagine a camel doing like a step on step off that'd be sweet. yeah i that'd think sweet. they're really big like so it might be doable because they might be so tall they might be able to just step onto it yeah and then step off of it well, that's pretty interesting. I didn't expect to hear camel racing during this, so I kind of that tangent went off on that. But like, I, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, no, we went into a loophole for sure. Yeah, 
had to be done. <laughs> it did. Well, that's exciting. I mean, in talking uh, to Bogle, who's uh, the guest as well later on in this pod, um, he was saying that, um, you know, people in the United States, they don't know how to speak different languages, but over there, it's not really that difficult because most people speak English. So when you're in the pits, there's not really a, a language barrier when you're signing autographs. Yeah. I also, weird, because I just actually told my trainer this yesterday, I didn't meet one person that was actually from Abu Dhabi. Like, oh. everyone was from somewhere else. All the people I talked to, like, when I was signing autographs, it was, like, South Africa. There was a lot of people from South Africa. Um, I met a guy from Canada. Um one of the surrounding countries i i know russia is really close i met a couple people from russia so it was just i felt like i was in the melting pot like there was just everything everybody was from all over the place like it was kind of crazy these people that are there do they do they know everybody that's racing or are they kind of just there to be there um i think everyone was kind of on on board with what was going on mm. um i think obviously a lot of people come for for kenny so true they know who he is but i had a lot of people actually a surprising amount that that knew who i was um so i feel like they they follow it honestly like maybe not to the extent that Americans do, but they they definitely know what's going on. That's awesome because, you know, you think Abu Dhabi, you don't think, hey, Supercross. So um, it's kind of cool. And, I mean, the series, it's not serious. The championship, you've been racing them. Um, there was a lot of talk, a lot of criticism on social media channels, you know, like, where's the crowd and all this stuff. And then, like, the track was not as big as it should have been, but like, th- dude, this championship's just getting off the ground, and and I feel like yeah, I see it from both sides. So, I, I, like, I'll give you from the fan side. Like, everyone wants to bag on it, but I think that's just sports in general. Like, you you see it all the time with whoever, like, you know. Tom Brady could throw a touchdown and a guy's like, wow, that guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And another guy's like, he sucks. Right. Yeah. And that's just an example, obviously, but I think it's just, maybe it's in our, our human nature to just like try to criticize people, but the crowd was sold out. Like there, I went in the stands after and there I actually watched from the steps on the side of a row because the seats were full. So um, it's still getting off the ground, obviously. And um, Adam Bailey, I saw him um, have a comment on an Instagram post the other day. It was talking about the tough blocks. And he he basically said, like, to ship tough blocks to each race would be, like, $500,000, you know? Wow. So... They, they're still trying to figure out all the miscellaneous stuff, right? Like, you know, the, the 
the barriers, the, the all the ins and outs of it, they're still trying to figure out. So I don't I don't know why everyone's dying necessarily as it is only their their fourth race. Right, and I have I have a uh, an opinion column coming out probably tomorrow on this uh, topic because I give a lot of props to Adam because he's really in there and he's conversating with these people and he already knows what what he needs to work on and what what this championship needs to do and you know he hears it from the riders and the teams too but he's just he's still in there and and uh, engaging with everybody so I think that's really cool of him. They're super open to ideas, like like you were just saying. Like they actually engage in in what's happening. Like we actually made a. I shouldn't say we because I wasn't really a part of it. I was just listening, but um, they made a a start change. Like for the first turn, they made it safer. Um, in the back section, it was a little bit different and they changed it. Like they were open to ideas, which is, you know, they just want to do what's necessary to be better, which is awesome to see. That is cool. And I mean, you've been a part of this, uh, since it's began. Um, are you obviously have Australia coming up and they've done those races forever, but you know, this week was, or this past week was a different, kind of race it was a new venue um the track what did you feel about the track situation um i i would have liked it more so i got a migraine in between practice which that uh threw my day down the drain pretty much so i would have liked the track a lot more if i was on the front row and in the battle but it was very like u.s open style I felt yeah. it was, it was tight. There were some things I personally would have changed that I thought would have made it better, but you know, that's here nor there. Um, the track was, was good. The dirt was, was great. It was, it was kind of a softer top soil with a, a harder base. Um, and it actually got really good in the race. So it, it was pretty broken down, which I like. And the whoops had some character to them. They were, they were chewed out and they were difficult to go through at the end of the night. So it's not like it was just getting blown away. Um, which you do see sometimes at, at races, you know, with that many guys. So I thought the track, you know, could have been maybe a little better. I think everyone would agree with me on that, but the the dirt that they had brought in was incredible. And I thought it was, you know, the racing was, was good. And that's what the fans want. They want to see a, a close race. There's a lot of talk on, uh, double gating, you know, a back row and a front row. Oh, what was that like in your situation? I know you had to start in the back row. Did you start pretty much all night in the back row? Yeah, so they actually, it's it's different here or, or there in the World Supercross. They do, you basically pick your gate for the main event and you can't change your gate. Oh, okay. No no matter what. So uh, I believe it was Colt Nichols started in front of Josh Hill and the 450 race and uh, Colt was out and Josh still had to start on the, the back row. 
So whatever you pick for before the mains, that's where you stay for all three races. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, was was that horrible or just based on the the situation of? It's not easy. It you you rely on whoever's in front of you, you know. Um, so it's not easy by any means. I actually, I blew it the first race. I don't know what I was doing, but I, it's you're like paying attention so much to the guy in front of you that it just makes it a little bit difficult. So you got to kind of adjust and be ready for them to go. And I was just not paying attention. I was watching the, the gate, which I shouldn't have been. I, I changed that for the last two races, but it was, uh, definitely like, those are some of the things you don't really think about because we don't do that ever. Yeah. So, it definitely threw a curveball in the, the program, I think, for a lot of people. That's a good point. I think I did see that start, too, because I'm, you know, I'm always keeping tabs on you. And that, I wasn't, Yeah, it was pretty I good mean, recovery. That start was kind of hard to miss, especially when World <laughs> Supercross posted on, on their Instagram. Yeah. And you see the 58 is like, I think he had a hot dog, maybe, and a soda. Yeah. And he was kind of just waiting for everyone to take off, and then he went. It was so good, I think the whole world saw that. It was a good recovery. You embarrassing. Had, you had a good, it was a good recovery. It was fine. Yeah. Um, you know, you had some coverage. That's good. I did. I, uh, yeah, I was super bummed. I, like I said, I got a migraine and I was thrown up in the bathroom for like probably 10 minutes before the heat race, which is never good. No, that's not fun. Um, so... It, it ruined my my chance for a good result, but it's all right. I'm not too uh, disheartened by it, and uh, I know where I belong. And mm-hmm. I got a, I think a week, maybe two weeks until I go race again. So we're gonna have some fun in the land down under. That's right. Um, so yeah, you're you're at SOB. You're training. You not a lot of people know, but you signed a two year deal with a PRMX team, you got this year's Supercross and next year's Supercross with them. Uh, so that's good news. And uh, are you doing West this year? I'm doing West, yes. I uh, Julian gave me the option um, to do which either coast I wanted. Um, but I love doing West Coast. And obviously, it's where I'm from. I live 45 minutes from Anaheim and about an hour from San Diego. Um, I, I was born and I grew up in San Diego. Um, all my family is from there and they live down there. So, um, it's nice to go home and hang out there for a couple weeks and get to race. Like I grew up going to Qualcomm stadium to watch Stu like race there when I was three or four years old, you know? So for me to get to, race not in Qualcomm but you know the same uh the same grounds it's it's pretty awesome for me and it's definitely like I've always dreamed of racing Anaheim one and so this year like it was it was just a life life uh I don't want to say life-changing experience but it was something I'll never forget I uh actually 
nobody nobody knows this story and you can judge me all you want but i actually when i made the main event this year at anaheim one i i came back to the pits and i couldn't help but let a couple tears out because it was like something i've watched on tv for so long and just grew up around it so like to kind of get that that monkey off my back and start my year that way it was like it uh it was just awesome for me that's rad to show that emotion you know just because it's something you dreamt about forever yeah me and my mom we we had a little moment together we hugged it out so and especially coming off the the tail end of like i've made it pretty known that the year before was rough right so to kind of come out and you know do somewhat decent in my first race it was like it's pretty emotional for me that's awesome i love that for you guys it's just a cool moment um man i was kind of pulling that you do east though because i don't get to west coast races and i do indy and i'm maybe nashville so i'm you know west. i think nashville's in east west though so oh i think i'll see you there okay i want to say it's in east west i hope it is it should be if, if not i think i'm gonna go anyway because um it's not that far from sob so last time i stayed home and i was here all 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 alone for the weekend and it wasn't that fun so can imagine i i think this year i'll i'll uh jump on the opportunity and i'll make the drive up there and go check it out for the weekend dude last year was so cool everybody was there and we just afterwards just i've never been to nashville before so it was just running around and having a good time it was it was good times yeah i've never been to nashville either i'm i'm not old enough so that's that's true i need to remember that yeah i got like two more years until i'm old enough so you really won't see me you won't see me in nashville but you might see me cruising on a bird scooter or something i'll pick you up if you need a if you need a ride back to the hotel after after a long night That'll be cool because last year uh, Starling was riding around on one in the street and he ate it. So, um, yeah, that's never good. It's not good. One of those two, the adrenaline's not high enough to take <laughs> away the pain, so you just feel all of it. Yeah, it was it was good, but um, yeah, that'll be cool. Um, let's see what's next. We got the news segment. We got uh some cool stuff coming up for, for the verb uh, people that follow the shred tours and and all that good stuff. So. Those look like a lot of fun, actually. Shred tours? Yeah. So the schedule's coming out, I believe, in the next month. But um, I did pitch a squad ride day. I like this. I like this idea. I'd like to have it at Redbud, perhaps. Um, I don't know how we're going to get you guys there. I've never been to Redbud, so I would love to go to Redbud. I just we need to figure out the logistics, like what it's going to take to get everybody in the squad there. I feel like it would be yeah. a really cool thing to happen. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, so. have everyone just dogging it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just like hanging out. Maybe we get some. Obviously, we'd be part of the shred tour, so there would be fans there and people that want to ride. It's just a good time, you know. Yeah. No, that it sounds like a good time. So, and I like to have a good time. So, <laughs> so we're working on that. Right up my alley. Perfect. So we can count you in. I don't. Yeah, I'm in. I don't know how far it's going to get, but I'm pushing hard for it. Just want everyone to know that. Yeah, I'll uh, 
I'll join in on the the push. Okay. So whatever I need to do, let me know. Perfect. I'll help out. I want to go to Redbud. So me too. Just imagine just a perfect track just for you know all of us, all of us in the yeah. squad. And Everyone's just shredding. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So that that's coming up, maybe. But uh, what is coming up for sure is that the World Mini is coming back. And this year, uh, twenty three version was the first time Vermoto is is you know presenting sponsor. It's the Vermoto World Mini Grand Prix. So it's a must race for all amateurs. I actually that was one of the first nationals I ever did when I was a kid. So I highly recommend it. Did you do? I have a lot of good memories there. Yeah. So if you're uh, a little young buck that wants to go have a, a good time at a race, that's the one you go to. So what year was that for you? Like, um, what are we looking at? 2012, I believe. So that was Mesquite. maybe 2011. Okay. Was that it was a... not in Vegas? Okay. So you had the new version. We... Yeah, we just actually talked about that, me and uh, Matt Perkeen, because he's out here at SOB, and uh, I just missed the cutoff for, for Vegas World Mini. Did you have a lot of success there? Win some championships? No, no, never. I think maybe I got like a fourth and a sixth place. At that point in my career, I was just there to have a good time. Yeah, it's a good point. There was n- nothing serious about it. I, uh, I'm sure I did good a couple times, but like nothing like, you know, that stands out to me. I did sign my first ever contract at World Mini though. Oh, nice. Um, on for Cobra when I was probably like six or seven. So that's like a, a memory I'll have forever. World Mini in the pits signing with Cobra. Lots of good memories from, from World Mini. So yeah, yeah. we brought it back. Um, this will be the second year for us to do it. It's April 4th through 7th. Um, just, yeah, you have to go. I mean, it's, we'll have a, uh, registration on December 1st on our website, but if you need all the event details, they're on the drop down menu on, uh, vermoto.com. So you just sign up. Uh, there's a golf course nearby, right? Yeah. I want to say maybe it's at the entrance. Oh, perfect. If I do, if I remember correctly, if not, there's, there's one down the way. So perfect. Like that's all you need. Like people love to golf that race dirt bikes. So there, that's what you do between motos. Uh, yeah. let's see. Go, go hit some, some golf balls. That's right. That's one of my favorite hobbies. I know that. I think it's everybody's. Yeah. I don't know when the, the trend started. But maybe Stu started. I it. love it. You think Stu started that way back when? I think I think Stu started a lot of things. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, let's he, see. Uh, he was an innovator. He really was. There's just so many different. It's cool he has his own podcast now and he's coming around again. But dude, he was the reason I was actually even into the sport at all. We can thank him for that. Uh, me as well. I went to the, I was going to do my first ever race and they didn't have number seven, like for the little like mailbox stickers. So I had to get number eight 
Oh, wow. But then I went back to number seven as soon as I could because of Stu. How'd you get to the 58 then? Uh, I'll give you the, the shortened version, but we, when I was younger, we didn't have a ton of money. So we were pretty much racing on a budget and we bought a bike from a guy and his kid hadn't ridden it. So it was somebody else's bike before that. And it had, um, like a pretty sweet graphics kit with like a red plate on it, I think. So that really enticed me, and it was number 508. Oh, wow. And I we didn't change the graphics ever. And then when I finally like got a little bit better and somebody was like doing the graphics for me, I, I had the option to choose a number, and I just stuck with the 508. And then when I got to Geico, all, they I, I ran 508 for one year when I was on the 150, and then my team manager... Um, talked me into to dropping the three digits and going with the two, so I I went with fifty eight, and now we're number eighty five this year. So it's kind of reversed a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I thought it was cool you got eighty five. I mean, like just kind of keep the heritage going, and that's cool. That you have the origin story of just because you kept it on the bike. You know, it's just yeah, didn't expect that. That's cool. Yeah, there was actually a kid here at SOB today, and. He was number 508 on a little 65, so that made me happy to see. I haven't seen too many 508s. There's a lot of numbers that you see that that people share, but I think I've only seen two other 508s, so it's a rare one, and when you see it, you just got to put a little smile on your face, you know? Kid looks up to you, man. He's just like, I'm going to be number 508, like my hero. I hope so. Yeah. If that was the case, that would be incredible. I doubt it is, but... (laughs) I, think I it hope is. it is. Yeah, I think it is. It's pretty legit. In my mind, that's the reason. I know you're busy down there training, testing, and whatnot, but have you read my team previews, or are you aware of them? I'm not aware of them. I'm going to be completely honest. Okay, that's all right. You're busy. It's boot camp time. But your uh, your team's coming up. I don't know when. I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm doing a preview of every team in the pits. I'm doing what to expect, who's on the team, projections, uh, just explain, I, I lay down a, a, a total rundown of everything you can expect from each team next year. All right. I dig it. So yeah. Um, this week, big, big things is what you can expect from parts of PR minutes. That's what I'm saying. And I'm going to, I'm going to text Julian and say, Hey man, he has to write East. Like it's part of it. So I'm going to try to yeah. get it changed. Mitchell's going to have to ride West. We're going to do a switch up last second. It'll be fine. We'll just keep people guessing. Yeah. Keep them on their toes. He'll be cool with it, I think. Um, no, but it's cool. Um, every week we have one until Anaheim won. But later on it gets pretty sketchy. I got to do two a week because there's a lot of teams got, and not a lot of weeks. Got to get it in. Yeah. Got to get it in. So this week we got Monster Energy Kawasaki. Last week we had HRC Honda. So... Doing big things. Yeah, you're going uh, going down the line. I like it. I like that you're going to get to me soon. I can't wait to see what your projections for me are. We're soon. I don't even know what they... They're going to be big. I know that. That's uh, uh, not a lot of people are going to expect what I'm going to write about you. So, usually projections are right, too. Just want to clarify that. Yeah, 
throw that out there. Yeah. I'm pretty much spot on all the time. That's good. Well, then, give me a good projection. If they're spot on, then give me a good one. All right. I will. So those are on verbmoto.com, and just read it. We need the clicks, right? I mean, just click on everything. Click through everything. We have the coolest stuff in the sport. That's my push on that. So tabs open at the top of the computer. Just keep it open and just keep clicking on everything. We appreciate it. Um, all right. Next up, it's the Guts Racing Power Rankings, and I know that you love these. I do. Okay. It's me... like my goal to make it on the, the power rankings. You've made it. No, I, I know, but like every week I'm going for the power rankings. Oh. Okay. Well, it's a this little goal for myself that not many people know about. This offseason. Guts is actually my uh, my seat cover sponsor as well, so this works out perfectly. Dude, I know, and I'm just going to say that. Let me, let me do the read, and then you can add to it. So, for 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam, no matter what you ride. And if you use the verb... The verb code, verb20 at checkout, you can save on your order. So, you you got the most comfortable seats in the pits. Yeah, I actually don't. I prefer mine, like, a brick wall. Oh, really? Like, I want that thing super stiff. But whatever you want, they got it. They have, like, 17 colors to choose from on yeah. customization. You can probably customize them on there, right? Oh yeah, all the ribs you can do. You can yeah, do every color. I, I figured I figured they would go all out because that's just the kind of people that they are. We love guts, man. They've been a part of this since pretty much the beginning of power rankings, so it's uh it's cool to have I them on board. That. And I'm sitting on one right now. When I do my pods, I just sit on a, a guts racing seat. It's awesome. I'm actually sitting on one as well while I eat lunch and do this podcast. Um just to to train my butt get callous and yeah um, you know stay one with my seat you have to it's just a it's just how it has to be you have to this is part of your training yep you got to get the comfortable i mean it's easy to get comfortable on the guts racing but it sounds like you're sitting on like a rock so i mean that's yeah it's their own it's it's a a give and take though i know everyone has their thing but that's that's my thing and that's how i like it that's cool. A little option for everybody. I learned last week that Benny Bloss has a really tall one. I didn't even think about that. So, I mean, it's they have everything that you need for, for riding. So, check them out and use the code VERB20 to save. So, I gave you not much of a heads up. We're doing uh, top three 250 silly season moves um, this week. The past two weeks, we've uh, had, eh, on Instagram, we've had quite a little uproar with them because we've done our favorite races and people are confused. They think it's the best races of all time. So they're all like, your list stinks. You guys don't know anything, but it's our favorite races, you know? Yeah. It's not the best or what they want to hear. It's yours. Like your personal opinion. Like Carmichael was in there. Emig was in there just saying, what about this race? And I'm like, man, it's just my favorite race. Yeah. Like a, so this week should be a little easier. You can't really mess this up. No, I'll be all right. Okay. Do you want to do your first pick first? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and you can tell me if this is uh if this fits the category or not okay but i'm gonna go with a, a really hot take here oh wow um where's michael moseman that's a really good point i don't know i I don't know if that's a silly season move or how you would categorize that. But all I'm saying is where's Michael Moseman? I tried to talk I tried to like hit him up a couple weeks ago and I got nothing, so Yeah, maybe I like I said, I don't know. That's that's what I'm going with. That's my my first one that he's a for me, he's one of my good buddies, but also really good racer and I haven't heard anything from him. So where is he? You know, what's going down? Oh, so you have him on like speed dial and he's still not answering. Yeah, I've tried. I like sent him a, a letter in the mail. Like, <laughs> Hey Michael, I wrote you. You're still not calling me back. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like an M and M stand sort of thing. Yeah. But I've got nothing. Wow. A little stand, little stand action happening. I'm surprised you yeah. even know that song because that came out way before you were born. Yeah, I listen to a lot of songs, but that's not hard to do though. 2004, like, I feel like peak music was before I was born. Definitely, so 100. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I mean that's a really good because I don't have that. Like that's a really I'm, I have guys that are signed, but you're, you're right. Does that yeah? Does that fit the category? Do I need another one or like? No, it fits because he needs. All right, he needs some press. Like I'm, I'm trying, but yeah. Um, that's a good one. I hope he wants to do it still. I mean, if he doesn't, like I don't under, I would understand that too, just with the injuries and stuff like that. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I want to see him out there. Me too. I hope the best for him, and I hope we find out something in a couple weeks or something. But me um, too. Good pick. Uh, number one for me is pretty much pretty easy. I got Joe Shimoda. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know if that was expected or not. Um, at least for the general fan, I don't know if they saw that coming. I think I knew about it, but I'm also in, in and around that stuff all the time. So I feel like I'm. I feel like riders are the first to hear everything, you know, so. Yeah, you guys but are that's, in that's, uh, it's definitely, a. he's, he's back home now. Yeah, where he started. It was kind of cool to see his rise from filling pro circuit guy to being the guy on the team the past couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so that's pretty cool. I, I remember earlier in the year, I had heard from a pretty good source that we were just straight up wrong. That he was going to Rockstar Husky. <laughs> and I actually tweeted it and it was not a good thing I tweeted. I, I thought for sure that was some some weight to it, but it just makes I think, sense. I think you were probably right at one point though, and then I think it fizzled. Okay. So I was kinda on the right track, but <coughs> like Myrtle was yeah. on there calling me out and I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. Not a good it's look. Never good. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, you know? Yeah. But he's back home. I think that's gonna be a really good fit. Um, who do you have for number two? Um, another, another hot take I'll, I'll go with here. I don't think many people are thinking about, um, Savachi 250 class in outdoors. Okay. For triumph. That's yeah. very interesting to me. 
Um, you know, obviously the new bike is interesting, but him dropping down and racing outdoors is, I, I don't think anybody really expected that. So I don't think they're doing supercross, right? If I'm not mistaken. Not this year. Yeah, I was going to I thought that's what I heard, but I don't follow along with industry stuff as, as close as some do. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure, but I know the 250 outdoor thing was a for sure deal. So that's kind of wild. What do you expect? Like, where do you, what are your expectations of his finishes, you think? It's hard to say just because. I've never done an outdoor, so and I know it's super gnarly, but all these kids got something to prove, you know, and not that he doesn't, because he does, but I think it's a little different when you're a, a young, they're not afraid to, to throw elbows and, you know, do what it takes to get in front. They're full of piss and vinegar, so I think uh, we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if also, you got to consider the new bike as well. Um, yeah. We don't know how that will be. Um, I would say he's he's in the top fifteen to top ten range. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he even top five a couple. You know, I think that's where I'm at too. Yeah, just the. But know, I can confidently say top fifteen, top ten. Yeah, that's a good. Sabachi is a sleeper though. Yeah, he's really good. I feel he's very overlooked as a as a rider. Like he's very slept on, I feel like. When I watched him ride at World Supercross, like, you know, we haven't seen him race all year. And that in itself is hard to do. Like not race and then show up and like race at the front. And for the past two World Supercross rounds, that's what he's done. Is like he raced a couple supercrosses and then took a few months off and showed up and he was a front running guy. So you gotta, you gotta, I feel like you gotta expect that he's going to throw it up there a couple times. I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's gonna be cool seeing back in that class too. It's been a bit. So yeah, that will be pretty sweet on the triumphs too, which is weird. It's still weird for me to say that. So yeah, it's like Husky when they first came out. Like, yeah, it's true. Just can't wrap your head around it yet. It's like a good spot for the sport right now. There's so many brands coming in. There's racing all over the world. You know, you got Super Motocross playoffs now. It's a good time. Yeah, it is. We're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. Number two, I have the chef, Levi Kitchen, going to PC. Um, I think... That was, that was big time, I think. Like, dude... He doesn't. That's a pretty big move. What do you think? Why do you think he wanted out at Star? Um, I'm not sure why. I uh, I really don't know. I obviously they're both great teams, but I, I don't know what happened. You know, for him to want to move on, but yeah. I feel like it's kind of something I've been kind of speculating on this. I want to get him on here because I've had him on before, but I, I think it's a lot to do with he's kind of a, you know, a guy that likes to lay low a little bit. And there's a bunch of people over at the Star Rig, if you haven't noticed. So 
Yeah, they have a good fan base because of uh, a couple of their guys. Fan base, and then there's a lot of riders over there. Um, Pro Circuit spot was open, and boom. You know, you get that offer to Pro Circuit. I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, maybe maybe just an opportunity to do more of his own thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Kind of take control and do what he wants with his program. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good for him to, to get a fresh start. I mean, last year... Well, this year was kind of a another stepping stone for him. So, you know, next year's, you know, title contender time for, for his progression. So, Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, so that's my number two. Uh, who's your third guy? My third guy's got to be Lopes. Okay. Yeah, um, forgot about Lopes. That's, like, not... In other sports like F one, you hear a lot of the like they they sign their contracts like while they're still under contract with another team. But it, and not that Lopes did that, but the the way that they transferred, I guess, was like more of like an F one kind of deal or a a, a sporting team deal like it's not something we see in moto you don't really see people buy out of their contracts or not that we're mid-season but like switch up on a team like mid-contract because i think his deal was like for next year so he was in the middle of his contract and you just don't really see that too often yeah it was kind of an interesting scenario um yeah some like you said something you don't see normally and, you know, you get that star offer, like, what do you do if you have, you know, you have an agreement signed already, so. Yeah, especially for him, like, I feel like he's probably just, at this point, like, he's getting a little bit older, so he just wants to do whatever it takes and give himself the best opportunity he can to win. So I think that's kind of how he was looking at at it. Yeah. I don't blame him. It's it's obviously not a good situation on the club side because, you know, that's your one of your best guys. Um, but at the end of the day, he's got to, you know, go after what he feels is best. So pretty interesting, uh, you know, late silly season move, I feel. Yeah, definitely. My third guy's unevent. I mean, it's not really like it's it's a huge move, but it's kind of people are going to expect it. I got Ryder D going to uh, TLD Gas Gas. Yeah, that was uh, definitely like I don't know if I if I expected that or not. I don't I don't know how I feel about it, but like it was definitely a a big transfer for sure. Because the dude's been riding Team Green since like 2015. Oh. Yeah, I think longer. We raced like sixty fives when in like two thousand thirteen. I think he had, he was on Cali then. I looked it up. I thought, but man, yeah, it's been a long time. So either way, it's been forever. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be weird to look down at the a different fender and have a different setup with the. Aust- I know we're only doing three, but I can't can't leave this out. Okay. Is uh, Ferris to Husky? Yeah, it's that's a, a big one. It's a good one, especially because he he 
only did a few races this year, and then he he got injured, which sucks. But I feel like he was like off the the radar, but he didn't really get to like show his true like speed. I feel because he only did a few races. So I feel like that's a big switch up. He's like one of the sport's best kept secrets right now. No one really knows him. Yeah. No one knows him and he's really good, clearly. Yeah. But nobody knows what's going on with him or anything. Like he's just there doing his thing. He's really funny on Instagram. I will say that. Is he I, I don't follow him. He just um, just like his comments that he I love when people write comments. I like to to check him out. I heard he's yeah, I heard he's pretty good at at maybe talking some trash, throwing some shade. <laughs> Yeah, so, we'll keep an eye on him. I'm sure, he, sure he throws some comments down that are pretty good. He's pretty good. We'll keep an eye on him and just try to figure out who he is. Because if he's this good, he's going to be here to stay for a while. So, Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised you didn't make your own list. Two-year deal. See, I was going to, but then you touched on it. So I was like... True. I did hear, though on the two-year deal that he's getting paid some pretty big bucks. That's not from me, though. That's coming from somebody else. Oh, yeah? Oh, I you wish. didn't... You... I gotta earn that. I'm just kidding. And no, I was I like, whoa, pay. like, like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I would... I want that same deal. Like, I was about to call Julian right now. Yeah. Hey, can you sign both of us, please? I'm, I'm... Joint contract? I should. I should just call him and be like, hey, man, like, what do you think? Can I get on the team? No. no. All jokes aside, though, Julian has got me set up pretty good to to do good and make great money, which is obviously awesome. Everyone loves making money. But he's also we're working really hard on the bike right now, which we didn't get to do last year just because I came in kind of late. And my main focus was to get into shape. So... We're doing a lot of testing right now, which is awesome. I'm uh, super stoked on it. And he's a really cool dude. Like, he's going to do anything it takes to what whatever you want. He's going to do whatever it takes to, to get the best results possible. So I, I've i been talking to him a lot this off season. I got to meet him, and um, he's just a cool man. He's just a cool dude. Like, it's just. Yeah, he's a legend. He, uh, <laughs> like you said, he's willing to do whatever it takes, and all he wants to do is, like, get to the top step in the sport like as a team which is awesome and he he puts in a lot of hard work so I can appreciate that because you hear a lot of stories of other teams that are kind of just I don't want to say staying afloat but yeah, it's kind of just staying afloat in the way and he's not he wants to be swimming that's true. Like, I don't think he sleeps, so I think he... I, I don't have, know if he does either. I'll have texts him. He tells me all like, the time, like, yeah, I was up at 3 a.m. sending emails, and I'm like, dude, I'm already six hours into my sleep at 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> what are you doing at that time? I'll wake up to a text. It's, like, from him at, like, 3 in the morning. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he wakes the roosters up for sure. Does he like when you call him Jules? 
I don't know. That's more of a Clayson thing. Yeah, he said to try it out, so I'm going to. I I prefer, and I don't call him this, yeah. and he's definitely going to hear it. And that's okay, because now we're deep into our, our relationship. We're, we're one year into our relationship. You it's are. Been, it's been one year and about four days since I got to SOB. So I think kind of our, our secrets are becoming a little more known to each other. But my favorite is calling him King Julian. King like Julian. the guy from Madagascar. Absolutely. Very familiar. That's like it it just works out perfectly. I like and that. I don't call him that to his face, but like You need to. Yeah, I should. You should I should let him know that and he's kind of the king in the way. He is. Like, you know, he's he's the team owner and he's the boss, so Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's a king in my book. That's a king for sure. I mean I don't know what else to say. Like I was gonna say Jules Dog. Like that's a perfect name. Yeah. I, I think that works, honestly. Jules Dog. Yeah. Are we cool with Yo Dog still? Like, I know you said Flow Dog, but you gotta have your name in it. No, that I don't know. That's like a more of like an instant comment thing. I think yeah. Yo Dog's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. I, My I, grandpa has called me Hunt Dog since I was like born, probably. So you were destined so, to be here. This is yeah, yeah. It's a little different, but it's sort of the same. He knew. Yeah. He knew. He definitely knew. Um, I have, like I said, I got Bogle coming on after you here. Um, do you have any Justin Bogle stories? I don't. No? We did do, like, a, a sight lap, and he was in front of me, like, this weekend before our first main event, and he threw, like, a little bit of Bogle steez. Oh, man. So, it, it was rude if I didn't follow it up, so I, I tried my best to, to do at least somewhat in the ballpark of what he did, but hey, that guy is pulling Superman seat grabs during practice, and that's not a joke. He he did it off like the finish line in Abu Dhabi, and I was just like, "What is this guy doing? Like he's crazy." I'll do a knack knack every once in a while or a can can, but I'm not grabbing the handles on the side of my bike and doing a Superman seat grab. That's a whole new level. It's it's funny you say that because I did pre-record the interview, so. Like, I've already talked to him. And he said he's not as limber as he used to be, so he can't really do what he used to. But apparently it sounds like he's he's good to go. Yeah, he, as far, in my book, he's good to go because if you're doing seat grabs, I mean, like, I think a seat grab would have won you, like, the 99 gravity games, you know? <laughs> it definitely would have, yeah. I don't know if that was the year that Metzger did the, the back-to-back backflips. But whatever year was before he did that, you would have won with Seed Grabble. You definitely would have. Do you do you find it weird that you're racing him, but um you know, you, you grew up watching him like win titles and stuff? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like But I, when I was at Geico, they always told me like age doesn't matter. Like don't don't focus on the age group that you're racing because eventually you're going to be racing guys that have families and, you know, guys that are 16, 17 years old. So I kind of just blocked that out. When I think about it, it's definitely like crazy because I watched him like, you know, I watched his first like pro race, like as a rookie. So that's crazy. Yeah. But in a way, I just kind of like, 
block it out, I guess. I don't really think about that too much. That's true. You can't because, you know, you're here too and you're here to... That's like, like I raced Shane as well. And we were just talking today and I don't know if you remember, but in like 2011, Shane was like the first guy ever to ride a Husky when they were like red and white. I don't remember that at all. Where was that? At Loretta's. I'm almost positive he raced it at Loretta's. I need somebody to confirm for sure. But he was like on like a budget program racing a Husqvarna. And he was like the first guy to ever do it. I remember um, 2012 when he was like racing with Cooper Webb there. But I got to look this up now. Like that, you just kind of blew my mind again with that. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, racing him, Chris Blos. Yeah. Chris Blos actually trained me one time on a 50, like, for a night at Paris. And he was already, like, deep into his 450 career. I was, like, seven years old. Yeah, Chris doesn't even age. And then he's always like, I'm not going to race this year. I'm not going to race next year. And then he's he always like ends the up. Kelly Slater of Moto. Like, <laughs> he literally looks like he's 28 years old. Yeah, and he still comes out and hammers, but he's probably like upwards of like seventy five, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah, he's seventy five now. I think he just turned seventy five. Think so. God, man, this is insane. So, okay, I'm looking at Loretta's results. I don't see any husky, but it could be wrong. The vault could be wrong on McElrath at Loretta's. Yeah, I don't know what what year it was. I want to say 2011, 2010. Maybe we could go back to 2009, possibly. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. I would... But at one point he was riding Husky and he was the trendsetter for it. Good. Shane, that's your, that might be your teammate next year. We're not sure yet. We're ironing out some details, but on the dog squad, on the dog squad, he has been a part of it and he's still running the sticker. So, um, not for World Supercross, but like he did Ironman and uh, yeah. Super Motocross playoffs with us. We're just everywhere, man. That's it. That's all there is to it. I kept you way longer than I thought, so I apologize. But this was great. Yeah, you're all good. I I don't have anything else to do. So yeah, you just gotta. I would just go to bed like right away after I got done riding because. You know, training facilities, if, there's not much... If you wouldn't have called, yeah, I think that's where I was headed. Yeah. I was sitting there eating, and I was like... <laughs> my chewing started to get slower, and I was like, oh, this is not good. And this, this T-Dog guy keeps going on and on, just like yeah. getting so bad. No, it, was before, it was before we you ever even <laughs> called. Okay. I almost DNS to the podcast. That's good. Yeah, you're right. That last text was a little slow. Yeah, that that's about when it was. Yeah. I forgot and I was like, Oh man. It's all good. You're here anyway. And yeah. um thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. I think uh we learned a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I hope I got some fun facts, brought them to the table that some people didn't know. I I I learned a lot. Hopefully yeah. I brought some valid points in as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, with our season predictions and call out so yeah a lot of guys hopefully, that, hopefully i did good you did great you brought a lot of you know the guys that you had a different perspective on it and i like i like that 
Yeah, I, I like having a different perspective than most people. I feel like a lot of people in this industry just want to say the things we already know, right? But mm-hmm. what about the stuff that we're we're not sure of? Perfectly said. How about that? Let's keep working on that. We'll just we'll do that. I love it. <laughs> well, I will talk to you soon, sir. And uh, yeah, thank you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right, I'm on the phone with an OG of Verb Moto. He may have a a vineyard. He may be a Michelin starred chef, but he's Justin Bogle. What's up, man? How we doing? I wish that was true, you know. But uh, everyone that knows me or that's ever been around me knows that I cannot cook. So shout out to the real Justin Bogle that is a Michelin starred chef. Uh, that ain't me, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I can't cook either, so it'd be cool if we could. Be nice, yeah. God didn't give me too many gifts, but I can ride a dirt bike. That's about it. Yeah, at least you can throw whips. Um, every now and then. The old, the old one legger. Remember? Yeah, I mean, hey, man, I'm getting a little old though. You know, not as flexible as I once was. So, man, you when you would, occasions only when you would throw those in, uh, like your first year of Supercross, you would do that over every jump, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. It probably was just annoying, to be honest. But yeah, I did a spent a. I used a lot of extra energy that didn't need to be used, but but it looked know, it looked cool. We're fun. Yeah, we were we were enjoying ourselves, you know. Yeah, and you're on a bit of a, war, a world tour, so that's kind of why I was making a joke of the the, the chef thing because I feel like chefs travel a lot. But you uh, you were in Abu Dhabi. Now you're in Spain. Uh, world traveler these days. Yeah. I've uh, been all over the place, so I was in Spain a few weeks ago, then I was back home in California for a week, and then Abu Dhabi, now back in Spain, so racing and riding different stuff, uh, testing for Stark, so while I'm in Spain over here, and the comfort level for when we go racing is not maybe ideal, because I'm just doing so many different things, but the stage of my life and career and whatever, what have you, where I'm at, at the moment, it's it's exciting. It's fun to kind of switch things up and be people, be involved with new people and new companies that are excited and you can feel that energy and, and then still get to go race, you know? So, and cool. Yeah, I didn't realize you were doing the Stark thing. Uh, how'd that come about? Um, just talks with the guys. I, uh, I ran into Sebastian Tardelli at a Portman last year and we had talked a little bit and I know a few of the guys that are like uh, Carl Osterman that are writing for him. He's a cool kid. So I've known him for a while. And I don't know, just kind of back and forth. And then they just kind of asked if I'd come do some stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was excited to do it. So like I said, it's been fun. The company is awesome. Those guys are super, super cool. And that, that, that exciting energy of a, uh, a new company, you know, where everyone's really involved. And it's really fun. So. I'm enjoying my time over here and just, uh, yeah, just living my life, man. Taking it, whatever happens, whatever comes about, just uh, trying to do whatever I can to stay in the industry and, and enjoy it while I can still ride and still be good enough to uh, still do stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the, you, uh, you Oklahoma guys must give the vibe out for electric bikes because, uh, you know, Trey Racing one, uh, what was that last weekend or weekend? Yeah, that was last weekend. Um, 
is that something that might be on the table in the future? If I don't even know the legalities of what it would take to get a start to race, but you know, is that something that you're looking forward to doing maybe? Um, I'm not sure on, on all the other side of it as far as what the future holds. I mean, for right now, I know what I'm doing for the next, you know, month and that. Yeah. I'm not sure after that. So, um, but as far as riding one and racing one, like, I mean, I would love to. They're very, very fun to ride, you know, very different. And, uh, it's been a, an adjustment for sure. But when it comes to just the enjoyment level, I've been having a blast. So that's been really cool and fun because I've done this stuff for so long that at times, not that you don't take it, uh, that you don't appreciate it and that you get, take it for granted because I don't, but, um, it can get a bit monotonous at times. So I'm enjoying all of it and it's just been fun. Like I said, I'm bouncing all over the place. I'm tired all the time. I'm different time zones, but I love it, man. I'm, I'm enjoying kind of taking on the, uh, the veteran role kind of wherever I end up, you know, I generally the older guy on the team now, which is crazy to think about for me. So, uh, but I've been really enjoying that, you know, kind of taking other guys that I'm around under the wing, teaching them what I know, teaching them what not to do because Lord knows I've been enough of that. So, been cool. Yeah. And, and just with, you've been around dirt bikes your whole life, obviously, and you know what feels good on dirt bike and what doesn't and what, what works for you and what can work for others. Um, so yeah, you can have that, like, you know, Dean's doing world supercross too, but he's also, um, kind of just, just making his career longer by, by just picking and choosing where he wants to go. So it doesn't sound like you have a long-term plan in place, but it sounds like you still want to race, uh, as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't have a long-term plan in place. I think my options are obviously a bit slim, Seeing that I can't ride, you know, a 250 in the U.S. and getting a good ride to race a uh, 450 Supercross will be would be very difficult with what I've done the last few years. So I'm I'm realistic. I understand that, but mm-hmm. I love riding my motorcycle. I love having a goal and something to to chase after, and it's keeps me. I mean, it keeps me alive, to be honest. So I would love to keep riding and racing as, as long as I can. Mm-hmm. and just whatever comes up comes up um i really enjoy testing i'm, I'm a good test writer uh i know a lot of people may say that but i mean i i really do enjoy it but also i have a lot of experience so i've been doing that and just uh yeah just whatever comes up like i said it's been interesting different but just trying to uh make the most of whatever opportunities come up. It blows my mind because with a rider with your skill and how fast you are, it, it blows my mind that, that you can't find something in the U S still, whether if it's on two, like obviously you said you can't race two fifties. Have you petitioned? Um, well, there's, there's no way around that with my, uh, oh, with your title two fifty career. Yeah. With winning a championship. So, oh. um, Okay. Yeah, definitely not going back. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, in, anyway, you know, the 450 I'm, class, you know, like it's just like you you have the skills. You in Supercross, I mean, you're a veteran. There's a ton of veteran guys who race. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult for sure, but 
it's uh it's just the way it goes like that's the rules you know and i understand adam i had a a short 250 career but it was good you know so i mean i i understand how it works and i'm not bitter or upset about it at all i mean something will inevitably come up for me to do in the industry you know i have a lot mm-hmm. of good relationships i genuinely do enjoy all the aspects of, of this sport, you know, like even the, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, whatever, like there's good and bad in, in life. It doesn't matter what you do. So I, I understand that. And I, I would love to, I mean, it's all I've ever done and all I've ever known, but uh, I feel like I could be, as long as I could be of value somewhere, I would enjoy it. You know, I'd love to, I don't do too much halfway, which Lately, this one super thing, I've been pretty much halfway, but I've been, uh, it's been difficult for me to get training and writing and everything in and with everything being so random and doing other stuff. But if I commit to something, I'd like to do it right. So yeah, whatever, like I said, whatever comes up, I'd be all in. So. Okay. No, that's cool. I obviously, um, well, yeah, the world supercross thing, it was a couple of, a couple of months of unknown of when you guys were going to race again with the ownership change and everything that had to do with it. So maybe coming into Abu Dhabi, didn't really know what to expect. Like what was this past, uh, uh, weekend like there? It was interesting for sure. Um, I understand and have respect for what Adam Bailey and the guys are are trying to do and, um, make a, an avenue for more guys to have a career and to, uh, make money racing their motorcycles, you know, and I respect that. I think there's a lot of kinks to iron out for sure. Um, it, it wasn't exactly the smoothest, um, but I know it's there because last year, I mean, Cardiff and Auburn were both awesome events. I really, really enjoyed those. So I think just a lot going on. It's a new series, so there's stuff to figure out. And, and yeah, there was a lot that wasn't great. I mean, I didn't have to deal with it, but obviously you saw the stuff in the, the drama in the 450 class, which, Nobody wants to deal with that, you know. So um, it was a lot. But for me, I mean, I was just kind of, I mean, I haven't had. My results have been pretty bad. So I think if I was doing better, maybe I'd feel better about it. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. again, it's just, it's cool to be able to have a way to, for, for me at least, you know, and a few of us to be able to maybe extend our career a little bit. And I mean, I'm not getting rich off of this thing. I wish I was, but um, to still be able to, you know, pay the bills and ride my dirt bike, it's, it's cool. So like I said, I appreciate the guys and what they're doing to make a series for it. But yeah, I think I think the good thing about it is uh, Adam and the guys have been very receptive and understanding and not, not getting really defensive and, and understanding that, yes, it's, it's not going perfect at the moment. It needs to be smoothened out quite a bit. So I think that's encouraging for the future. And, and whatever that future is, I don't know. I'm not privy to all the details, but it's nice to just have a way to continue racing and have a lot of guys. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, give a show to the fans show up to see us. You know, it's still cool either way. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many pluses for the series it's there are some things that happened out of 
anyone's control with, with the change in ownership. Um, but there's definitely a lot of uh, people out there who think they can fix it. But there's honestly just been, what, six rounds or so? I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, only four, actually. So, yeah, I mean, and, and people still complain about, like, U.S. Supercross. So, it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be perfect right away. No, for sure. And, and obviously, for all the guys that are racing it, like, we uh, would like to have it more buttoned up and honestly need it to be more buttoned up. Um, it needs to be, we need a safe environment to race. We need tracks that are um, appropriate for the guys that we have there, things like that. And I think, I mean, I don't have to harp on it. Everybody was mm-hmm. pretty frustrated this weekend. But like I said, I do think that the guys will do their best to make it better. And I think part of it is just understanding that it's not going to be perfect no matter what. And as long as they're trying to get better every time, then that's okay, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, and it's, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, you know, Abu Dhabi, of all places, I will probably never go there. And you got to race there. So what was that environment like? And, it, I mean, the city looks incredible. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, there's a, it's a beautiful area. You know, I, I've been to Dubai before with my wife's family on vacation. and It's just a really cool place, and it's it's really cool to be able to, to go somewhere like that. And, yeah, I mean, me and, you know, a couple of my good buddies, like, you know, Colt, obviously, Joey, you know, like, being there, we all just cruise around on scooters all all through the city, just doing whatever. Like it just was a really cool place, you know. And I think that aspect of the things with the racing is a huge plus. Um, and I know that's a big thing to figure out for the guys, and it's, it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of a lot of stuff to sort that no one's really used to or ready for. You know, it's the first time that it's been like that. It's been in that city so or that area at all really so it was a big deal but yeah it was fun man it's just cool to see places like that that uh little uh little dorks like me from middle of nowhere oklahoma would never imagine going to and getting paid to go there it's it's a pretty cool thing that's cool was there did they allow a pit presence i didn't i wasn't really sure i wasn't there so yeah yeah there was uh you know, I, I did, I'm not sure on the number, but there was quite a bit of fans in the in the pits for a certain time that they were able to come through and get autographs. And then we did a every racer did a we all did a group signing after the race, which was really cool. I like that idea where because after the race, I've always been I'll stay as long as I'll stay all night. You know, like it's tough during the day because you got things to do, things to focus on. You got your situation, but. Um, that was cool. So yeah, I got to interact with a lot of the fans and they were all really excited because it's the first time they, a lot of them had seen something like that. So that was cool. That is awesome. I always wonder cause like the, the language barrier, um, in the pits, like, is there, you guys going to need a translator if you start going to a bunch of different places that doesn't speak English? Um, I think it would definitely depend on where we go. Yeah. A lot of places, luckily a lot of places, people speak enough English to, to get by. Um, I mean, lucky for us, because a lot of us, you know, we're not uh, bilingual by any means, and most people are around the world are a lot better at those kind of things, you know, so luckily for us, anywhere we've been, I mean, the first 
three rounds of this series were English-speaking countries, and then this one, a lot of people speak English well enough, you know, so I think it would just depend where, where we end up going and, and all of that, but it's been pretty easy so far. That is a good point. We need to get, like, our Rosetta Stone on and just, you know, start learning some other languages to keep up. We definitely should. We definitely should, but it's not as easy, uh, you know. <laughs> I just turned 30, so it's not that easy to pick things up the older you get, you know what I mean? Exactly. No, I'm right there with you. I'm 33. I'm, I'm definitely not going to learn any other languages at this point. No. Um, so, okay, now that we're, uh, we got the, you know, what you're doing right now, I, I've been on this kick on my, on my pod here about going back in time a little bit and just talking about some big, big moments or maybe just like amateur stuff. Um, so I, I wanted to, I was looking through your career. There's so much to talk about, but I wanted to kind of talk about when you first got your extreme team green ride. Um, I couldn't exactly find the year. Like Google doesn't have that anymore. That was like, I'm gonna go off memory and say it was like, Oh seven, right? Oh eight. Um, 2009. But weren't you on one on a super mini or, or an 80 or something? Or was that just team green? Um, that was just team green. Okay. I always assumed you like just pitted out with them. Okay. So Oh nine. You get the extreme team green ride. What was what was that bike like compared to your um, you know just regular team green ride? So the year before was my last year on super minis and eighties, and that was the first year I had a a full full on team green ride, and, and myself was awesome. That was kind of my breakout year in amateurs. I've won some won some motos, won some races, and it was good. Um, then was kind of surprising to get the offer from extreme at the time um, i was bumping up the big bikes so uh the 125 that year was was not very good it was a i mean it was a 2004 and by that time it was already five years out of date. so uh, the 125 wasn't great but the 250f was awesome i had good results on the 250f all year uh, I think it went two, two, two at Loretta's. Unfortunately, I was racing Eli Bill Mack in my class, so I didn't see much of him. But I, I was solid on it. And then when, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was cool being teammates with Dino and, and Malcolm and those guys was was really fun, fun group to hang out with. It was really awesome being in confidence, inspiring. I guess at that young age to be in a semi, one of the only teams in a semi at the amateur races and, and all that. So it was really cool. Really enjoyed that. Then the next year, they went to Suzuki's, and I didn't end up uh, getting the deal to go with them, and was back on Team Green. And then I, uh, my career, amateur career, pretty much from then on was was pretty awesome. So that really set me up for for the future. And then the next couple of years after that, I didn't lose that much. So it was an awesome jump uh, jump start for me, I guess you could say. Yeah, so what was the what was it in twenty ten? Because that, that year was I mean you took over. It was like uh twenty ten and twenty eleven, it was the bogle years of amateur and uh I don't know, it just seemed like it was what was it like being the it kid, I guess? Um, it was awesome. And I think too there's something to be said about getting the confidence of being like the guy, you know, and even if it's amateur stuff or whatever it is, whatever level, if you've been the guy and felt that then that confidence kind of stays with you forever, you know? And I think the biggest change for me going into that, into 2010 was I graduated from high school. So I was actually able to ride and do stuff where before I was racing on the weekends 
my whole life until I graduated from high school. So that was a big change. And then I, I pretty much just was just riding all the time after that. And then my results got drastically better. So it was really cool, a really cool time period for me to finally come in racing amateur nationals, you know, since I was seven years old, six years old, whatever. It was really cool to finally get to the point where I'm like, okay, every time I go to a race, I know I'm going to win. You know, that was a pretty cool thing and very good for me moving forward for the future going pro to experience that that feeling of being the guy, you know? So it's a good old days now looking back at it, but at the time you just keep it moving and just do your thing while you're in it. But looking back on it, pretty, pretty cool. So wait, you actually went to, to public high school and, and graduated? Yeah. Yeah, both my parents worked and even if I got homeschooled, like I was, you know, wasn't really going to get to do that much differently. So I went to high school, graduated. Once I graduated from high school, then it was uh, kind of game on at that point. And at that, at that time, the, uh, the rule, you had to be 18 to turn pro anyway. So I kind of peaked at a perfect time, honestly, my B year and then signed the, uh, the deal with the Geico team and then in the pros. So it was pretty perfect. I was always, I always knew I was good enough to win and, and to be one of the guys, but I just never could put it together at the, at the nationals, you know, and I ran everywhere else all the time. And then I get to the nationals and have a hard time nailing it, you know? And then as soon as I got out of school, then it was like, ah, okay. I'm just, I mean, obviously I haven't been writing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was in, in hindsight too. Like I wouldn't change it at all. It was really good for me. Just social aspect of it. Having to learn how to navigate high school, you know, a lot of the guys don't have that. It's, I think it really helps moving forward, you know, like no one in high school thinks you're sweet because you're good on a dirt bike. You're just another dude there. You just got to figure out your place, you know? So I think it was good for me in life and all the way around. So wouldn't change it at all for sure. That was going to be my next question. Like, did people understand what you did? I mean, people were always like, you just do backflips. I'm like, no, I just, I race. So, um, you know, we're, you, you just kind of hit it there. Like they didn't really know. Did you, play any other sports or try to do any team things like that no i i i played um i'm sorry keep on my phone's going off oh, yeah sorry. i played football in like seventh grade but i was terrible at it i was not interested i didn't learn the playbook like you know what i mean it was i was pretty small until i hit like 16 and then i finally like had a growth spurt grew up in like basically where i'm at now but um, I didn't really enjoy any other sports, and honestly, I didn't really care. I've never really been that into it. Uh, I skateboarded a, a lot when I was in middle school, high school. But from the time I was like five, I just pretty much was obsessed with racing, you know. And I was dead set on that's what I was going to do with my life. So it didn't really didn't really bother me. I didn't care that much. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're trying to learn to fit in somehow, if you're trying to date the cheerleaders and whatnot, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. good for you to figure that out because growing up, if you're one of the, the guys racing dirt bikes, you go to Loretta's, you know, everyone thinks you're sweet. You go to, for me, it's like you have almost two different lives. You go to the races and you're someone in a sense, and then you go back to school and you're just another dumbass kid going to school, you know? So yeah, yeah it, was, right. it was good for me, man. I think, I think it was a uh, very beneficial for, for me just in life. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It just doesn't happen, especially these days. They're just living at facilities, these kids are, and it's just it's totally different. Like, just they don't understand life, and then they get to racing, and then if it fails, like, what do you fall back on? So it's kind of weird. But um, 2012 is your rookie season, and uh, you're on a murderer's row of, you know, Geico Honda. You have Kennard, Barsha, Tomac, Will Hans there, and then yourself, and, of course, Wyndham. So, I mean, dude, that's like a – Kentucky team like uh you know like a college basketball team back in like 2010 or something just just a stacked lineup yeah and I think the era that I I mean I grew up in like all the guys I raced from the time I was on 60s and then turning pro and then you know my rookie year supercross when you even outdoors but when you look at like just the supercross series which is half the guys it was still you know Rocks and Barsha uh, back at, yeah, a Malcolm, like a bunch of guys, you know, so I had a, a really stacked age group my whole life, which is, is good for you, you know, it's the reason why we all got as good as we did is because we all, you know, I am sharp and iron and you're battling against the best guys, some eventually end up being some of the best ever do it, and, and that's a cool thing, and then on my team, you know, like, Will obviously won a title. Um, Eli ended up being one of the best guys ever. And then Marsha has won a lot of races and 250 titles. And, uh, man, yeah, I mean, obviously having Kate up there, it was, it was a really cool experience. I had a lot of, a lot of really gnarly guys on my team, you know, and it was good for me to learn. Yeah, what was it? From them and, I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off there, but I was just like, what What was it like being um, on that team? Was it fun? Was there a lot of, um, I don't know, attitudes because everyone has on their own program kind of thing? Or was it, what was it like, like the atmosphere? No, nah, I mean, I had a blast. I mean, Will has been one of my friends for a really long time and still is. And me and Will, we had a really good time, man. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we worked really hard but we also had fun with it and some of the most fun years of my career honestly were spent just me will our fed training doing our stuff traveling together like it was really enjoyable so those years were fun and i mean we all took it serious and all wanted to beat each other there's time and a place for it but like i said looking back on it some of the most fun years of my career for sure it's kind of cool because it's like all the all of you on that team um, it's before anybody really made anything of themselves as a pro. It was kind of like the start. So that's why I kind of pointed that year out because, I mean, other than Wyndham, of course, because he was already, you know, long professional at that point, but just kind of cool to look back on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, it's like a, like a college team, you know, you're all trying to prove yourself. Some of you come into college with a lot more, uh, you know, clout notoriety and, success from your high school days and that was how it was with us and then you move on and some of you make it in the big leagues and some of you don't you know and that's just the way it works but pretty cool pretty cool to look back on you know know, try not to do it too often but every now and then it's it's fun to reminisce a bit exactly and and i mean you're 2014 you got your championship your east coast championship you had a vicious battle with marty and i think baggett was in there too it was just it didn't come easy and you held it down. And then the next year you, 
you uh, runner-up to Marv. So, I mean, those two years, you were truly on it as well. I think you kind of, you kind of figured out what it was like to win, and then by that point, it was like, try to stop me. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, obviously, I didn't win as much as I would have liked to. Um, both those years, I came into the season off of pretty big injuries and kind of struggled with that pretty much, honestly, my whole career. But um, in those those couple of years, at least, like it was it was hard to not get on the podium at that point. And that's that's a good feeling to have. And and at the time, it, you don't realize it. I'm frustrated every weekend, leaving, you know, pissed and trying to figure out how to win because I felt like I could win and I wasn't. But, you know, looking back on it, pretty nice to, to be able to at least be on the podium for, for everyone on the weekends, you know? So it's fun, fun couple of years for sure. I misspoke on that because Kennard was not on your team. He was 450 class at that point, but still he was around. Yeah, but he was, he was right before us and I knew Trey really well. And, right. Um, obviously spent a lot of time riding with him when he was on Geico's. True. Yeah. He was around cause you know, same area and all that stuff, but. Um, yeah. yeah, when you, so your championship at 14, um, is there anything stand out obviously other than being, you know, your championship, something you've wanted your whole life. Um, is there anything that you really learned that year about yourself in racing? Um, I mean, honestly, I just learned that you really got to be in it to win it. And if you just hang in there, sometimes it'll swing your way. And I kind of learned how tough I could be. That year, because I had, I mean, I had fractured a bunch of stuff in my back, uh, all kinds of injuries, broke my shoulder blade, all that in December, and I, I really wasn't supposed to be racing in Supercross like at all, and I just kind of made, I just decided I was and made it happen and struggled through the first little bit, and then by the end of the Supercross season, I was, I was starting to, starting to fire again and be good, so. Um, really just taught myself that you gotta, sometimes you just gotta man up and do it, you know? Exactly. Did you have any other offers in, uh, to move up to the 450 class besides the Geico deal? No. No? Nope. That's why they kind of I did not. I wrote, for, I wrote for free that year, and uh, shout out to Jeff Myshack and Ziggy and everybody involved there. They they always treated us so good, and they were great people, and I was, there's I had some good motos and a couple of offers I'd done on the 415 and I was kind of going to be left without a seat and they made it happen for me and I'm very forever grateful for that one because without them I would have been kind of screwed moving up. So, <laughs> Sport's insane, man. Just coming off of your championship then you get runner-up the year before and then nothing. No one's, no one's not. Yeah, and hey, man, like I said before, I'm not bitter about any of it. I mean, it is what it is. It's just the way it goes. If I had won more races and I'd been in uh, more in demand, I would have got more offers. You know, that's just yeah. the reality of it is you get special treatment when you're special and dealing with all my injuries and I hadn't won any races outdoors. It just, you know, at the time it was frustrating because I felt like I was capable of a lot, but it's what it is. It's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So, Okay. No, it is. And you you and I'll have these talks every you know, whenever we catch up every six months or so, but it, it's it says a lot about what you've 
accomplished in your career because, you know, when you get knocked down, you stand back up and so many times you would rebuild and get better than you actually were before that. Um, it was just a process and it would take you a little bit to get there, but you would always get there. And it's just, um, yeah, we say it all the time, but that just says a lot about your character and, uh, you know, your will to ride a dirt bike. Well, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, I mean, I've always just looked at it like, what's the alternative, you know, like lay down and cry about it or, uh, you know, claw yourself back up and try to try to make something out of whatever you got. You know, I mean, I love doing what I do and I've always loved racing and I never wanted to take it for granted or to give up on it too soon. So, um, yeah, what do you do, man? Sit down when sit down and cry about it and accept it or get up and try to get your stuff back together, man. Climb out of the climb out of the coffin another time. I'd probably cry about it. I think that sounds better. Like for me personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean trust me, I I wanted to a lot of times. <laughs> right. Just yeah, just leave me alone. I want to cry about it for a little bit, you know. I just and then I'd regroup, and then I'd regroup, and and then I'd hit it after it again. But crying sounds good too. It does sometimes. Sometimes. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get to it. I, I just want to catch up. Um, you know, we here at Verb are very big fans of yours and the time you give us, and it's always a real conversation. So we appreciate it. Awesome. Cool deal, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Good to catch up. Absolutely. Have fun with your travels, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right, man. All right, see ya. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Squad Pod. I really want to thank you guys for making me the record holder on the Vermoto Podcast Network. Last week's episode went really well. I'm hoping, you know, we just keep carrying on and, and gaining numbers as we go. But thanks for listening and telling all your friends about it. You know, follow me at TroyDogVerb on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, engage with me on there. I'm posting all my stuff. So, yeah, I appreciate the the comments and, and everything. So thank you guys for, for following me. And I truly enjoy what I do. This is, uh, it brings happiness to my life. So, you know, email me, TroyAtVerbMoto.com. You know, if you have an idea for the pod or someone you want to hear, let me know. I'm open. I'm always down to talk to you guys. So I want to thank Bub Dog and Duke Dog my kiddos for for that awesome intro i want to thank my wife ginger dog for all the support gotta thank bird dog chili dog slaw dog slaw dog gets a big shout out this week thank you sir and then gotta thank boots dog cmxr dog the squad shout out to the squad thanks to hunter yoda for coming on and giving me some time give an update about his life and co-host with me thanks to justin bogle for coming on after no sleep you know being in abu dhabi in spain just still there for us so i appreciate him thanks for coming on justin good to catch up with you my man we got another episode next week and we'll see you then thanks